and welcome into Camel Call Friday with Evan Budrovich. I'm Chris Haymeyer. We are recording this live on Friday morning as we break down last night, Thursday night, Campbell football's home and season opener, a 34-24 loss versus the fourth-ranked team in the nation, William & Mary. First off, great crowd, great student turnout, great atmosphere with employee appreciation, and the Pepsi tailgate town, which will be there before every game was a success. I thought the atmosphere was one of the best atmospheres we've ever had for an opener. So we arrived around 3.30, 3.15 to set up for the camel walk, which is a new tradition. And just even sitting there in the minutes beforehand, you, you sort of see like an avalanche of people start coming down. Now, were there thousands? No. But in week one, hundreds, yeah. and that's a good start. Mike showed up on time. The team was ready to go. And having that band up alongside the hill and then the cheerleaders leading them out of the tunnel, that was really cool, right? Yeah. And that just builds atmosphere, and it builds a reason to come early to the game. And I had never seen so many cars in the parking lot at 3 o'clock. There's no doubt. Typically four hours before it's me, you, and Mike Collins in the parking lot, one of our heads of operations. And now there were a bunch of cars in the lot. The employee thing, though, was important. One, I want to apologize. Yeah. I made your son, Parker, cry twice. <laughs> yeah, you did. So Witt loved me. Parker <laughs> didn't. He must not be a fan of this podcast. He, well, he's a little shy. <laughs> but anyway, I got to see your parents, which was great. Yeah. But Campbell as a university wanted to do something where everybody could come. If you do it on a weekend, maybe you don't get all the faculty. We hadn't had a full appreciation in a couple of years. That was a great, good barbecue, good music. It tied in well to the games, like Park... Um, I keep thinking of Parker because your son, but Preston Dodson, former player for football and basketball about a decade ago now, his kids got their faces painted, right? So then you have the face painting and you throw the football and you kick it through the uprights. Like that's what we've been asking for for a decade and, and credit to the marketing staff because yeah, that was really neat. Yeah, uh, Ryan Decker, Matt Lavery did a great job of putting it together. Hannah Baysmore, RAD, had a vision. Let's create a homecoming type atmosphere for every home game. And so that's what we'll do. Homecoming will be bigger and better than ever, but we will have the Pepsi tailgate part of it three hours before the start of every home game. And you mentioned the camel walk. That is something I think we'll build. And that's three hours and 15 minutes before every game. The team eats over in the union. They come through and visually it's great. And I think it's going to build and build. Okay. On the field, your first impressions, Evan Butterbridge. We looked the part. And we've talked for years about walking off the bus as like the all-bus team where you don't look smaller, you have the size. From a talent, from a size standpoint, there wasn't a Herculean difference. Now, is William & Mary truly the fourth best team in the country? I don't know. It's too early in the year. But are they a playoff team? Are they going to go deep in the playoffs? Yes. So when you say Campbell, William & Mary, it's early in the year, but is Campbell a playoff caliber team? Yes, that was a playoff-like performance. Did we make some mistakes on offense and special teams? Sure. But in terms of pure talent and, and just competing versus guy versus guy, it wasn't a big difference in skill level. I agree with you 100%. And let's go back to the, to the first half. Campbell punted just one time in the first half against a top five team in the country. They fumbled on their own five, gave the ball back to William and Mary. So take seven points off the board that Campbell most certainly would have gotten. Campbell's defense was able to hold William and Mary. This is in the second quarter, but a punt was muffed inside the 20. William and Mary short field score in three plays in 
the box score, it looks like two turnovers led to seven points, but really it was two turnovers that led to 14 points because you take seven off the board. Campbell lost by 10. Take everything out of the game. You take away those two singular plays, those two turnovers, and Campbell is right in the game, possibly beating top five team in the nation. And you mentioned the offense because that was important too. There were a lot of new pieces at receiver that we hadn't seen in years past. And then the reemergence of Jalen Kelsey, right? He had been injured for his entire career. He hasn't played long stretches of football. He looked really good in that slot position. We talked about Lamage losing some weight and he scored that touchdown late. So that, you know, you you talk about stats, but just the way he ran the football and then you mix it into Corey Rogers, that's a great one too. If they can utilize those guys all year, now I get it. You score 24 points. It's kind of hard to win a lot of games scoring 24. But the way they scored those touchdowns were long, efficient drives, but they were quick. And that's what Coach Whedon wants. Snap the ball every 20 seconds. And they did that. And when they were on script and on you know, first, second, moving the ball before third down, they were really efficient. Campbell's fifth-year redshirt senior quarterback, Haji Malik Williams, he was great. 22 for 26 through the air, 226 yards, one TD. He missed on two deep balls yeah. that, again, would have— They were two touchdowns, would unfortunately. Have changed, would have changed things, but but I think that's the difference. Look, last year, Campbell on the road, it was a non-conference game. They lost to William & Mary by 16 points, had three turnovers in that game. But even if you take those turnovers away, I don't think they win that game. Here, you're literally talking about two, three plays to change it. Running game has to get going a little bit better. McDowell looked good. Rodgers couldn't get going. Campbell just averaging three yards per carry. But you mentioned the receivers. Kelsey, Fitzgerald, Wilkins, who's a redshirt freshman out of that vaunted class from last year. But then he hooked up with four other guys, and there's transfers. We have depth at receiver for the first time all year, and I think we're going to get to a point where there's going to be three, quote-unquote, number one guys out on the field running routes, and we haven't had that before. So – Point total wasn't there, but I was impressed of what I saw from the offense. And the one thing you want to watch as a fan, first half offense, really good. Second half, didn't have the ball enough to move the chains, right? And we'll talk about defense, but the way William & Mary effectively used its offense to keep the ball, we got, what, three drives in the second half? You're not winning a football game when you don't touch the ball. And that was the credit of the Tribe. They ran the ball. They controlled the clock. We got that last touchdown, which was good to see, right? Because the game's getting a little out of hand late. You get that touchdown. But can we make adjustments in the second half? That's the big question. The defense, there was too much new. Uh, The talent level on the defense is better than it's ever been. There's a bunch of FBS transfers. And then there's depth, too, which is going to help. But first-year defensive coordinator, Patrick Miller, it was his first time calling plays in a game. And Campbell, at times just didn't have an answer for, again, a team that's not only one of the best offenses in the CAA, but one of the best offenses in the nation and one of the toughest offenses to scout to play against because they do so much pre-snap. And then, too, C.J. Tillman had himself a heck of a game. 19 tackles. And and I think back to, like, a Darian Slade performance against a PFL triple option team or a Carlos Merritt when he had 23 tackles against uh, Jacksonville all those years ago. Like, That's the type of performance he put together. And we knew CJ was really good, right? He was battling some injury in the fall, but he's playing through it, and he's playing really well. It was nice to see some familiar names, Demarcus Harrington, Moncovia Gaffney, and, and of course, Tillman. 
those three are pillars. They've played all three years. They've been experienced guys. Obviously, Gaffney a couple more years. He's a fifth-year senior now. But to have that depth at linebacker is important. And that was a position that Braxton had developed, Braxton Harris, that former defensive coordinators had developed. And now it's this kind of aging generation of linebackers with young D linemen and young secondary. I'm excited about this team again disappointed because it's a game that they could have won and that would have vaulted us into the rankings and really started this thing off but now what we're going to say all year with just four home games it basically works like this Campbell plays at home and then they have two on the road and then they play at home and they have two on the road they're going down to the Citadel on Saturday the Citadel used to be a triple triple option team tough to recruit there obviously it's a it's a military academy they have a whole new coaching staff that's a game you should win, and that's a game you have to win uh, if you're Campbell. And then they go on the road at Monmouth. It's a plane trip. It's a team that has seemingly always had Campbell's number. I am really, really interested to see one game they should win, one game about even on the road to see what happens to Campbell these next two Saturdays. That was a test last year to start the year with Citadel, and it was, okay, how much has Campbell grown from last year to this year? And they wiped the floor off with Citadel. Shut down the running game, held them under 100 yards rushing with a triple option team. And, and you mentioned some of the new system. My big question is, how many mimosas are you drinking before this kickoff on Saturday? <laughs> Absolutely none. It, it's it's, it's Charleston. It's, it's Southern be, Charm. It's, it's a beautiful hot. city. It's, it's going to be hot. The you Holy to, City Classic. You have to be, you have to be buttoned up there uh, on, uh, on, on those uh, hollowed military grounds of the Citadel. But it should be good. And that's a great non-conference uh, game in a series that we that we that we hope goes. So I hope you go down there, eat some good food, and um, did you see the end of the North win? Greenville Charleston Southern game? Uh, absolutely not. So North Greenville D two program local in the area. They were driving down three against Charleston Southern. Got the ball to the three yard line with eight seconds left and tried to spike it to kick the field goal or go for the touchdown, but had a false start. And in college football, you have the 10-second runoff for a penalty. Wow. So the game ended, and they couldn't either kick it, and I imagine they'd go for the win. So the Buccaneers survive in advance. It just kind of shows, like, anything in college football can happen. Oh, my gosh, yeah. As I say, Campbell should beat the Citadel, but that's why we we play the game. That'll be coming up uh, next Saturday, 3 o'clock. That game will be back. It's not conference, so not on flow. It'll be on ESPN+, Plus. but we will be on the road with the team and have free audio coverage for you through GoCamels.com and the Varsity Sports app. Also at home with uh, Andy Bowman and Lyndall Suggs. A lot more going on, of course, and we have some more fall teams starting up. Uh, our golf teams, they play all year round, and our women's golf team uh, will start down um, in South Carolina. That's uh, coming up uh, at the end of this weekend. Every time we mention golf, we talk about the legend, Hall of Famer, Coach John Crooks, and the women's golf team. 11 straight years they've made it to the NCAA tournament, seven straight conference titles. I don't care what conference you're in. I don't care what sports you're playing. That is a streak and a standard that few can match in any sport in this nation. And the fact he's done it by – think about how he found his first recruiting class on the women's side. He went to the dining hall on campus and yeah. found five golfers, students at the time – who could join the golf team and play. Now he's, what, the second winningest head coach ever in women's golf? Yeah. And you add the men's wins, it's over 1,000. The, the guy just wins everything. And, and it's incredible, too, because he's such a nice, humble 
man, especially as he gets older and he develops his assistants and he builds the staff and they have a great golf course across the street at Keith Hills. And yet they dominate teams. They went to the golf week challenge last year and won. That was the tournament that starts the year every season. And the women's program has been nationally ranked for the last five years. This is in golf. It's hard to be good in golf. It's such an individualized sport. And yet Campbell has found this niche of recruiting and development. And they're a top 50 team in golf in every program. There's 300 golf programs and Campbell's right up there with them. Yes, and so they will They will begin that. I, I jumped the gun, Evan. We're, we're giving you a preview of next weekend's golf challenge, the 10th, 11th, and the 12th. Well, down so I'm Pauley's so excited Island. for the Ryder Cup that I'm we'll just still... thinking golf the whole time. <laughs> That's my bad. We Hey, if we have a chance to talk about women's golf, we'll talk about it. You mentioned a great thing there with, with Coach Crooks. To be able to be a veteran coach and still relate and still be effective to the student-athletes today, There are not a lot of college coaches, again, in any sport that are still around that have been doing it from the late 80s and are still able to. Nothing against getting older and coaching that or that, but the the student athletes have changed so much, and for him to be able to still be able to win is, is amazing. Here's the John Crooks story I love to tell. So imagine you're at the driving range. There's a bunch of European foreign golfers and then me, the staff member. Right. And John Crooks rolls up in his pimped out BMW golf cart where he took off the racks and put little hood lights and ornaments. And it looks like he's driving a Porsche around Keith Hills Country Club. <laughs> and he rolls up with his little cane, and he's got his glasses and his big sun hat, and he's just all jovial and fun, and hands you like a honey sticker. And he's like, hey, do you want a little honey stinger lunch or something, or uncrustable? He's such a jovial, fun guy. And I know he gets hard on the girls, too, when he wants them to win, but... He's. I think he can relate because he's like that teddy bear, nice, nostalgic man. No doubt, no doubt. Okay, a sport that does actually start this weekend for the first time this season. We'll cut that out in post, right? Uh, cross country. Uh, they begin their season at Elon just up the road, retooling that team again. They they win a lot of international to um, to fill those rosters. They're going a, a different way, but it'll be interesting to see as that team develops again. The track and field team has been uh, nationally and, re- and regionally known now. Women's soccer, uh, a 1-0 loss to East Carolina. They will take on Davidson at home this Sunday at 2. And then... That's the Joe Bozak Bowl. This this company developed both teams' new logos. Oh, okay. Davidson and Campbell over the yep. summer. Yep. Their cat, it, it looks... I kind of like like the whiskers are more it aggressive. It looks a thousand times better than the old... They had Campbell modernized and upgrade what was a pretty good logo. Davidson was in desperate need of making they a went logo from clip art like clip to art. modern yeah, art. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was absolutely it was absolutely clip art. And then next week, and this should be really interesting. Go Camels, WSOC. Make sure you follow Instagram, Twitter, Facebook because this will be this next week okay we're in the caa this is what it means sometimes they do a two match road trip to long island they'll play stony brook on thursday they'll play hofstra hofstra one of the best teams soccer wise and not only in the caa but really in the region they will play those two games both will be on flow sports but this is where you're flying commercial you get on a plane on wednesday you come back sunday night it's a lot of travel, it's to New York, and you play two good teams. And that's what we asked of this new conference, right? You go from playing Presbyterian and Charleston Southern as your travel partners to now it's truly travel partners. You will go up to the Northeast, 
You will go to College of Charleston. You'll travel everywhere, and you might stay a couple of days. You might have to spend some more money. You know, the, there are challenges of a player mindset of how do you lock in for four days on a road trip? You're taking classes via Zoom on Thursday and Friday. Now, they can lean on Laney Peabody and Amber Liston, who are grad seniors, to Very smart. help them through that experience. But being in New York, that's a long time. It's, it's different. There's some sightseeing involved. And then you got to lock in and beat the two teams. So that's what I love about it. We had asked in the CA, how will we adjust from league to league? Well, Hofstra's the reigning champs. Yeah. That's the best test right there. And look, you mentioned the challenge academically. And student-athlete means something at, at places at places like Campbell. Um, these student-athletes are taking real classes in that. And so from my perspective, oh, man, that's a long way to be, from, uh, be away from home. Ah, that's a long way away from class. When we talk to Coach Jeff Gross about it and talking to our other head coaches, yes, there are challenges. There are some budget issues as you have to take away one thing because you're traveling a lot more. But these student athletes are going to get to go to New York City and, and see a region of the country that they don't see and spend some time and do some things a little bit differently than they normally would. Again, nothing against it, but they're going to New York City and not Clinton, South Carolina. And that means something to the overall student athlete experience. The JFK Airport. A little harder. Yeah, JFK Airport's a little different than Fats Cafe. And if you can <laughs> yeah. catch on to my uh, joke there. That's your favorite favorite place down there it really is good but but evan always mentions that and doesn't say anything else about it thinking everybody else listening to this highly rated podcast um, drop a drop a like and a recommendation if you get a chance so there was in in clinton south carolina there was the the hotel that everybody stayed at really one of the only hotels you could it was the hampton inn right off the highway there and literally in the parking lot was a fats cafe so you knew every meal as long as you were going to be there in clinton south carolina was going to be at fats cafe which f-a-t-z and they do have some healthy options as well Probably bad branding since we're talking about branding and logos, but one of Evan's favorite places that he will never talk about Clinton, South Carolina without talking about Fats Cafe. Volleyball at the ECU Pirate Invite. Campbell dropping one to ECU yesterday. They'll take on App State today. Bethune Cookman on Saturday. They open their home schedule Tuesday night versus NC Central and then the Fairfield in Dunn tournament coming up next week on Friday and Saturday. Greg Gorrell will be our guest on Camel Call Live Monday night at 6.30 at the county seat, along with Campbell head coach for football, Mike Minter. You know, volleyball, even though they didn't get a win, they showed up against some much bigger schools last week in Colorado. They could have won a couple of matches against some FBS teams. They were five points away from swinging that Colorado match to four sets. Even against UNLV, they easily could have won two of those sets. And that's the challenge of early season volleyball, right? You're, you're replacing two to three major offensive pin hitters from last year. Now you have some young talent filling that. Abby Tuyo has been really good on the outside. We knew Claren Fector's excellent, right? She's going to dig everything. She runs around the court. She's like the Roy Kent of this team. She, she goes everywhere and makes everything. <laughs> but when you have one experienced middle and Melody Page, but a young attacking offense in terms of outside and pin hitters, it's a challenge. And Greg Gorles, he, he liked that schedule because your first four matches, with including ECU last night, are all teams that on paper are better than you and test you in different ways. So come CAA play, Towson, who went 31-2 and two last year, they're the best team, and yeah. they'll be just as good this year. And it's kind of everyone else. 
So if you want to join that group of two, three, four, you need to play a Colorado and an ECU and a UNLV and, and learn some things in those matches because conference is in three weeks. It's not that far away. And then you get ready for the CA. Yeah, he is not Greg Goral, the head volleyball coach. Again, he has brought trophies to the volleyball program. Never did before two years ago. Tournament trophy NCAA bid to Nebraska, by the way, that the incredible 90,000. They filled up their football stadium for a volleyball game. Set a game. women's attendance record for I any mean, sport. Just, just incredible um, what they did. And that tells you how not only women's sports, but volleyball, how much they mean to so many different places in the country. But he is... Built this program, regular season title for the first time last year, and he is not afraid. He knows it's all about what you do in conference, not what you do in non-conference as far as getting wins. And and he'll have them back on track uh, as September 5th, this Tuesday, Campbell versus NC Central, 6 o'clock. All the volleyball matches are free. That game, no coverage on flow, but every game of the flow tournament Coming up next week, two games on Friday, 11 and 7, San Jose State and UTSA, and then a 1.30 on Saturday against Georgia Southern. That Georgia Those Southern match, flow. so since I'm calling that match, I did some research on them. Well, that's just a that's just a heck. You can tell when you're a team that's been to the NCAA tournament, it's good. Look, look who's coming to Campbell. San Jose State, UTSA, Georgia Southern. Those are three really good, really good teams, and they're named teams as well. UTSA has been to the NCAA tournament a couple of times in the last five years, and Georgia Southern just swept ECU and swept uncg did they that's a good program and and they've won 20 games in the past like that's going to be a heck of a weekend like if you want good regional volleyball come to the there's a long name for the tournament but come to the campbell invitational this weekend the fairfield inn and sweet stun campbell invitational you're gonna have to say that on air a couple times man sorry for our sponsors but yes <laughs> come to that tournament and support those local hotels oh man it'll be really really fun uh, uh a big home schedule coming up and uh, again, these uh, these teams are already getting into CAA play, which will be fun to watch. Come out, even though it's Labor Day. We're still working Monday at 6.30. Camel call live at the county seat in downtown Lillington. It will be Campbell head coach Mike Mincher for the first half hour. And then the second half hour, we'll have volleyball and Greg Gorl. By the way, my new favorite football tradition. Okay. It started last year, but it's really picking up this season is the post-touchdown fireworks. Yeah. Scoring those two touchdowns in the first half. Off the scoreboard, too. And seeing the explosion up in the air. Now, the branding, and to the credit of, of everyone on this campus, to now have proper branding off Highway 421. You, you see the beautiful new Fighting Camel logo. There's new branding on the kiosk board outside. Like Everything's starting to look the part. And then you drive by and you see fireworks yeah. and touchdowns. Like That matters from an exposure standpoint, even in Harnett County. Hearing John Wood, our PA announcer's voice, across the county after a touchdown, that stuff matters too, yeah. right? And we were the one ticket in town. 4,000-plus people showed up, which on a Thursday is impressive. I thought a lot of boxes were checked for that opening game. Yeah, no doubt close to 4,200 were there. And again, you remember 15 hours before kickoff, we were in the middle of a, of a tropical storm. So thanks, Campbell Nation, for coming out. We would love to see you at the next football game. Tickets are available now. Campbell taking on Elon, a team that made the playoffs. That is going to be a close geographically and overall rival for Campbell. It'll be September 23rd at 6 p.m. Tickets at GoCamels.com. For Evan, I'm Chris. Thanks for listening. Have a great Labor Day weekend. Go Campbell.